I wouldn't even know how to do that. What do you do? Just like walk up to random people and go, hey, blah, 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 sports. Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode 71, we're recording on August 3rd, 2022. MLB trade deadline ended with a splash as Juan Soto got traded. Uh, We speculated he wouldn't, but he did. Deshaun Watson's suspension was handed down and immediately appealed by the NFL, so you can guess how that went. The NFL punished the Dolphins for tampering and tanking, and we preview the AFC and NFC East divisions for the season. As always, you can find us at DSC Podcast on Twitter. Rate and review us with five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will read it on the pod. And Spotify has ratings now, too, for podcasts, so give us five stars there as well. With all that out of the way, as always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who got his four hours of independent study taken out of his contract, <laughs> Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. Uh, that's such a mess, isn't it? Like, it, it's everything is a mess. It's a mess that it got out. It's a mess that it got taken back. And it doesn't make me feel any better about, I mean, we're not doing their preview this week, but it doesn't make me feel any better about the Cardinals. Yeah, and, I, and, and you know, I know you love to go conspiracy theory, so I'll go conspiracy yes. theory here. Yeah. Did you think that this was linked, leaked, excuse me, by um, Kyler Murray's team or his side of, of the his agent and his, his team so that it would present outrage and then it would get pulled back? Or do you think it was it was leaked by the Cardinals side of things to embarrass Kyler Murray and they did not anticipate that it would get removed due to kind of the, the fervor that it created, so to speak. So our initial reaction was that it must have been leaked by someone on the club side. Yes. But an interesting idea that it might have been leaked by Kyler's camp to be like a what the heck uh, outrage. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. That's I hadn't thought about that. Um, I'm going to stick with... I'm going to stick with the non-conspiracy. I'm going to say the club leaked. Somebody on the club level leaked it that didn't want this contract signed. And uh, it it backfired on them because now Kyler Murray is just going to play Call of Duty with Baker Mayfield. And neither of them are going to be <laughs> starting quarterbacks in three years. So it's all good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's, I think it's more likely that it, it did backfire. I don't think anybody's playing three-dimensional chess here and trying to leak something to prevent outrage, to present outrage to get it out of a contract. That would be um, some some really next-level thinking if they got that done. So um, we will uh, put a pin in that, and we'll come back to the NFL. But I did want to start with the MLB trade deadline. As last week, we speculated that Juan Soto was going to not get traded. We did, and it turned and it turned out that he did get what traded. What do we know? Trade traded to the San Diego Padres um, on trade deadline day for a package of prospects that I'm really not going to go over because in my mind it doesn't really matter. It's a, a, at least four top ten prospects, so a you know a reasonably good call uh, haul um, for a good player. 
right? Yeah. Um, but we're talking about Juan Soto here. What did you think about the hall in general? Well, so I actually have a question for you about that. And it, it yeah. does sort of skew to our fan sensibilities. Do you think yeah. this was better than what the Cardinals were offering? Because they were the other team that was presumably in the mix. So is was was the hall better? Well, the hall's a mess because Eric Hosmer was going to be in it. He vetoes it. Then Luke Voigt probably is like, what, huh? And now I got to go? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a whole bunch of nonsense with that. But start here. Do you think that they – were they – is that better than what the Cardinals could have done? Um, I mean, the number of top 100 is probably pretty close. Um, so CJ Abrams, the shortstop, was probably uh, their top prospect, probably equal to Jordan Walker, the Cardinals' top right. 10 prospect. Um, they had a left-handed pitcher in Mackenzie Gore, who was probably equal to I don't know if the Cardinals had a, a top, top pitcher that could match that. So if you're wanting pitching, that is that is more likely that they went that way. But two outfielders and then, a, you know, a, a deeper uh, pitcher. So I think, you know, it's hard when you're comparing prospect halls because a lot of it is the in the eye of the beholder, right? It's not just, oh, you know, we got seven top 100s instead of four or whatever. Um you know, it does seem likely that the Cardinals were going to include Jordan Walker, yeah, uh, their top prospect, um, and, and probably a few other guys. I don't know how many other guys. Um, I would say just just from guessing that they did not want to go this far. They seemed the Cardinals like they, did not want to go this far. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. It seemed like they indicated that they were pr- they felt priced out of it. Whether I think they could have made something pretty equal to this. If they wanted to, they had the prospects to do it. I think they felt priced out of it. And one thing that this does for San Diego is that they didn't have to include any major league talent. I mean, Luke Voigt the is, exceptional is Luke fine, Voigt, right? but the Padres are getting bashed Josh Bell, who's better than Luke Voigt. So like, you know, Josh Bell is also into it. Don't forget about Josh Bell, a good hitter. Right. Um, so He's going to be their starting without, first baseman now, right? Right, exactly. So without with Hosmer gone and Luke Voigt gone, they got Josh Bell, right? Who's better than either of those guys. So they didn't give up any impact um, with all due respect to Luke Voigt, who I really, really like. But yeah, they didn't give up any impact MLB talent. A lot of minor leaguers and that's it. So, you know. Yeah, and, and you never know with those. Like you, you're trading... You're trading four guys. Well, I guess really, yeah, four major prospects. Is that is that it? Yeah, I would say four major yeah. prospects is probably the right look of at which, it. Of yeah. which, like, y- you really, that's kind of game baseball is. You you never really know. Like, we, we oh, man, who was that, like, stud left, left-handed outfielder that the Cardinals had, like, 10 years ago that you and I were, like, super excited about? Uh, Oscar Tavares, n- uh, not not Oscar Tavares. Um, oh, Colby Rasmus. Colby Rasmus, right? He yeah. was going to be a uh, starting outfielder for the next decade for the Cardinals, and he's not even baseball anymore. You know, right. so you you never really know, and you're getting a a, a, a proven talent in Juan Soto. It's, I, I mean, not even a proven talent, like a generational. Oh, right, talent. exactly, a yeah. proven generational talent. 
yeah. if all things continue in this in on this trend, and you know we don't wish injury issues on anybody, like he's going to be one of the best players to ever play the game of baseball. Right. So and yeah, I think you give up this this amount that. San Diego gave out like a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, exactly. I know the Cardinals didn't do it, but just looking like Juan Soto is not that much older than any of these guys. He's, he's James Wood is probably we, like yeah, nineteen. We went but, over yeah. that, yeah. Like, yeah, this he's he's not Aaron Judge, and that not meaning like I mean in age because him and Aaron Judge may be similar talent wise right now, but he's not Aaron Judge in age. Like, you don't have to worry about whatever contract you give him next being a, a flop. So, right. And and here's the other thing is that Soto still has two and a half years left on his contract, on, on, two on, and yeah. whatever is left of this year. So like the Padres could have him play for the end of this year, the end of next year, and then trade him again. Um, or, right, if, you if know, it looks not like they're sign not him and let him, him get yeah. to free agents. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like the value of Soto over two, you know, three post seasons, let's say, right. You have him for three post seasons is giving you three shots at a world championship, right? Would you trade, you know, all those guys for three shots at a world championship? Probably. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, this, this comes down to me in that it's not really a baseball trade in my opinion, right? The, the Washington nationals are being sold. And, you know, if you've ever seen a company be sold, right, they lay off a whole bunch of people, they cut a whole bunch of costs, right, strip down and strip it all down and then sell it for to the highest bidder. And then the highest bidder comes in and has a, a slim down, you know, a blank expensive organization, right? like yeah, they can, blank slate. Yeah, they can work. And, yeah. you know, I think we talk about a lot where, you know, teams are kind of care caretaken by owners, right? They should be, uh, you know, they're owned by the community, by the fans. They should be, right? Because if you ask any any fan, right? Look at any fan, you know, give them truth serum, right? Yeah. <laughs> and ask them, would you trade Juan Soto right now at this trade deadline? I, I don't think any of them would say yes, right? Correct. Like the only reason that he's getting traded and getting traded now is because they have to sell the team in the offseason. So they're cutting down, you know, on the the excess. And they're also not that Juan Soto is an excess, right? He, he's, he's an asset as far as I'm concerned. Right. But they're cutting down on the costs. And they're also saying, okay, well, we're going to be the bad guy owner and trade him and then get our $3 billion check. And you can be the good guys and come in and say, yeah, well, we wouldn't have done that. But, you know, we're going to work hard and, and build build the team back. It's almost you know? opposite of what the Jeter group did with, uh, um, with the Marlins. Cause they came in and had all that talent and they, they're the, there was the new ownership group that sold right. it off. Right. So it, yeah, I, I mean, well, good, good for the Padres. Uh, let's see if it works out, um, this season. Um, uh, I mean, they loaded up. They, yeah. you know, they also, they also got Josh Hader. They also got right. somebody else. What a too, weird right? trade, oh, Josh huh? Bell. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was weird for for Milwaukee as well. The players in that organization are probably like, huh? You know what? Like, I thought we were two games up, fighting for our playoff right. lives here, I, I and still, traded our closer. I still do not understand that move. I mean, I I, I think it is a cost cutting thing, right? They're like, well, 
we have a Devin Williams who's you know strikes out guys just as well as Josh Hader does. Well, we'll put him in it instead. He's cheaper, and we can get prospects and and young players back. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you know these days you can pull somebody out of the stands. It seems like, and they can throw a hundred miles an hour and strike out two guys in an inning. So right. that that's a fair that's a fair one. Um, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I, I'm saying I understand the reasoning, right? I wouldn't have done it, but I understand why they did it. The the one I don't understand, I mean, is um, I, I don't understand the Jordan Montgomery um, to the Cardinals from from the Yankee perspective. I I, I think I don't you understand. Know, it doesn't why seem like they need any more starters than they have. I guess are they saying we need four starters and that's I, it? I don't I. Unless they're they're planning on, I don't know. I don't know what they're. I was just in New York, and everyone in on the radio stations there, it was collectively kind of throwing up their hands and being like, "So we traded a starting caliber who's been a he's got an under four ERA. Um, he's been a fairly reliable arm. He, he hasn't he hasn't like been on the DL for an extended period of time or anything." He doesn't walk a ton of guys. Um, he he also doesn't strike out a ton, but he gives quality starts. And they traded him for what is best right now, an injured fourth outfielder for them. Right. I mean, he, you know, all due respect to Harrison Bader, Who he's we both love with a foot injury. We both love. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, uh, a great defense, probably the best defensive center fielder yeah. in no, baseball. No doubt. He's, uh, he is. You know, an average, an average hitter, but you know, you worry about somebody like that who relies on speed, who has a foot injury, right? That is, he's still on the DL, right? Or IL or whatever they call it now. So you traded for a guy who was currently injured (laughs) and got rid of your, you know, fifth starter. I mean, maybe you think you don't need a fifth starter, um, but it's not the playoffs yet. You got two months to go. Um, So, you know, I think he's the kind of guy in Jordan Montgomery that the Cardinals love, right? Uh, a low number of pitches per at bat goes fairly deep into games because he doesn't throw a lot he, of pitches. He throws like six innings. Yeah, in he, I think he's averaging yeah. like six innings a game. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. And he puts the ball in play. The Cardinals have a good defense. Um, and, and so, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense from the Cardinals perspective. I agree with you. Like the Yankees are just, I guess, saying they'd rather have uh, a good defensive center fielder during the playoffs than a fifth starter. Um, they're thinking that 13 game lead is, is it impenetrable? I don't know. It's probably it probably is impenetrable, but ha- having said that, unless they're expecting someone to come off the the injured list that I'm unaware of on the mound, it's it's an odd it's an odd move. And then and then Garrett yeah. Cole goes out today, a day after he gets shelled for six runs in the first inning. It's just. You know, I don't know. This game's a weird. It's a it's a bizarre game. Um, I don't. You, the, the second you think you're good with starting pitching and you get rid of one, the next day your your best pitcher goes out and gets hammered. Right. I mean, you can never, in my opinion, you can never have enough starters. You right. can never have enough pitchers. There's never a time when you're like, you know what, we have too many of these. You know, there's always somebody's going to get hurt. There's always somebody that's got to come in because it is a, a blowout and that you need to soak up innings or whatever. Like you always need more pitching and you can see a lot of these deals like Cindergard to the Phillies, like, uh, 
Michael Fulmer, who's a reliever to the twins. Like, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other, other things that, um, Tyler Malale, Mahili from to the twins and Luis Castillo to mm. Seattle, like all of these starting pitchers were moving around because people know, like you can never have too much starting pitching, honestly. Um, but I guess unless you're the Yankees and you, you already have too much. So, right. Um, I guess they did get Frankie Montas, but I, 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 I still don't know that that was the best move on, on their end. Um, they have Domingo. Yeah, I like, I like um, Yeah. I like Montas, but you know, I think he's an injury risk as well. Cause I know, cause I've had him on my fantasy team. Um, it, you know, I don't think that, that probably improves their one through four there, but right. doesn't and, doesn't add any depth. And Herman's thrown what like twenty innings this year uh, or less. He's pitched in three games, so I yep. I, I just don't. Yeah, it's it's puzzling, but I guess you know the fun thing about all this is then you get to watch over the next two months how this is all going to play out. Yeah, I mean we'll see how it works out on the field. You know that's that's the key. So. Um, you know, that's, that's the fun thing about it. Yep. Any other big, any other trades that, that stuck out to you or, or were notable? I like you? the Noah Syndergaard. I, I if I were, I, I would have liked the Cardinals who've gotten Noah Syndergaard. So Noah Syndergaard yep. to the Phillies strikes me as a pretty decent deal. Um, I, I think that's maybe the, cause it, I also don't think they gave up. They gave up basically nothing. A whole Mickey lot. Moniak, who's a, who's a former over top overall pick who was really just, uh, turned into like a four A guy. Yeah. Uh, so much for them. So for a, a two month rental because he's on a one year contract. Um, you know that that seems like it's uh it's a pretty good pretty good deal there. I I guess the Red Sox getting Eric Hosmer for practically nothing. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. What are the like Red Sox doing? Because <laughs> yeah. it kind of looked like they got they Tommy were... Pham, our boy, so we can keep. You know, yeah. we, I'll yeah. call into the Boston radio uh, stations and keep the keep your story going. Um, yes, please. <laughs> the fantasy. We need another set of of, uh, of reporters from another city to ask him about the fantasy football story. Now, and it, you know what? Fantasy football season's coming up. We got to ask exactly. Him, so you know who who he's drafting, who he's playing with. We got to yeah, ask. What, him what's questions. the league? Everything. Um, yeah. So they went out and got him, and I I I don't. Know. I think he's not really ever gotten to where everyone wanted him to be um, as a player. So I think he's kind of, kind of an overrated, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like the all-star that everyone wanted him to be. Um, And then Eric Cosmer, that's an interesting one just because they've got him for three more years and they haven't had an actual first baseman in quite a while. They've, they've been playing Bobby Dahlbach there. Um, for the last two seasons. So they get a serviceable, pretty good defensive first baseman who, I don't know, they probably also think they've got someone in their organization that can turn him around a little bit. And, you know, so if they can make him into a league average hitter at first base, who's going to hit, you know, 20 home runs and bat, I don't know, call it even two two fifty. Uh, and and beyond base three fifty like uh, and they're not paying them. Uh, they they right. they've maybe started their own little mini rebuild there uh, with him. So right, but the the other thing is that they traded away their catcher Christian Vasquez 
before they did both of those deals. So it kind of felt like first they were tearing it down yeah. and then w- wait a second, put the brakes on, let's get Fam and Hosmer in here and we'll just keep, you know, we'll, we're a buyer now. I, so it I kind of felt the, like they tried to do both things at once. The difference, if, and I'm not defending Red Sox management because I think in general, <laughs> like looking at the team this year, what a, what a disaster. At least I think both Fam. Well, I know that um, Hosmer is, and I'm pretty sure Fam is controlled beyond this year, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they got they unloaded a free agent to be in Vasquez, and picked up two players that they have beyond this year that I think they're hoping is going to be a um, a part of the pieces moving forward. And the fact that they're not going to be paying their first baseman for the next two years, maybe, maybe makes it possible for them to sign either Bogarts or Devers, even though I think both of them are pretty fed up um, with, with the Red Sox as an organization. So um, I, I, that's, that's the only thing I can say that they're possibly thinking. But then again, it's, this is the team that put out that product this year. So right. you can't really. Yeah. I mean, they weren't paying Bobby Dalbuck more than, you know, Good point. the minimum right. as well. So, you know, obviously Hosmer is better, going to be better than Dalbeck, but still weren't, weren't paying a huge, um, a huge number uh, already. So. Yeah. Well, the, they have no clue. With I, I, I firmly believe that the, the, the second they brought Trevor story in here, it was a major head scratching moment. So I, I don't credit them with any foresight. You know, the, the fact that they're buyers and sellers at the same time doesn't shock. I don't think anybody. <laughs> All right. Fair oh. enough. That'll work. That makes sense then. If if it makes sense for them to be buyers and sellers at the same time, then yeah, good. That's right. What they, that's it, what they are. It's what yep. it's what they are, and that's why they'll finish yep. fourth or fifth in the AL East for the next couple of years. Yeah. Hey, watch out for Baltimore. Red hot Baltimore. Right. Yeah. Fifth. That's why I said fourth or fifth. <laughs> there. Yeah. You know, the good good for them. I they're they're an enjoyable baseball story right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fun to watch a team that that's that's exceeding expectations and, right. and having fun out there. And that's been just like having some fun out beaten there. Beaten down by everybody for the last five years. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. They got plenty plenty of scores to settle. Yeah. That'll be that'll be fun. I I'm rooting for Baltimore to make the playoffs. A hundred percent, yes. For sure. All right. So that was MLB trade deadline. So let's move on to the NFL. Um, we have a couple big of things news, to talk about big here. News, yeah. So let's let's start with the Deshaun Watson thing. Yep. Um, the so again, I, I feel like sometimes you have to be like have a law degree to follow the NFL yeah. like offseason news. But the NFL and the NFL Players Association collectively bargained that things like situations like this would be uh, adjudicated. Uh, to use my uh, law and order. SVU word yep. uh, by uh, independent judge. So they would both present their evidence. And this was Sue Robinson, former judge, former in yeah, federal judge. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So um, they presented their evidence uh, after some weeks of deliberation. Sue Robinson came down and said that Deshaun Watson should be suspended for six games. Um, only person that probably was very happy with that was the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Uh and so the NFL immediately, immediately, just recently today, uh, decided they're going to appeal to that. And it looks like, if I'm reading this correctly, and I may not because the NFL's rules are uh, often difficult to understand, that the 
NFL is appealing and it can be appealed to Roger Goodell himself yes. or somebody else that Roger Goodell says points. Yeah. A points. So basically it's back to the old kangaroo court that they used to have right. where Roger Goodell would get in a staring contest with, with the player and be like, all right, he looks good. Two games. Right. Um, so let's, let's, let's start at the beginning though. Then I guess your, your initial reaction to the six game suspension. Tim. It's hard. It's hard to, what makes this hard is that it is a federal judge that's on neither side, a former federal judge, I should say, that's on neither side, that theoretically doesn't have any interest in assigning it one way or the other, just because I guess they could just as easily get fired or not hired again, whatever, by one side. Um, You know, that's how our an arbitrator works is they're appointed by both sides. So at any point they could be fired by either side. So theoretically has no interest in seeing this in one way or the other chooses six games. I don't know. It, It seems like the, it seems like the, the punishment does not fit the crime. Um, from the way I see it, then again, it does seem to fit with what the NFL has somewhat consistently done, which is, this isn't uh, Deshaun Watson may be a complete sleazeball bad dude. I don't like use your insert your negative or your pejorative uh, there, but what he did didn't um, impact the 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 uh, what do you call it legitimacy of the product on the field. Does that make sense? Like. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't I, I cheat think... at football, which is where the big because because of gambling, that's where the big suspensions lie, right? Right. So you can't have the integrity of the product on the field damaged. That's where the the biggest suspensions go. These other things, like it seems like, well, as long as it's not impacting the credibility of the product on the field, the NFL or the the disciplinary issues don't seem to don't seem to match up to the crime or to, yeah, to and the I, problem. What I, I can't, I guess you can't call it a crime because he hasn't been, you know, charged right. with anything, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, technically he was probably in violation of the personal conduct policy, like gray area. Right. Yeah. So, and I think the NFL obviously was seeking more than six games. That's well, pretty clear. And they've, they've they appealed, appealed immediately. Yeah. So I think the NFL is, kind of hoisted on their own petard here in that the judge, their job is to look at the case, look at the two sides, look at the history, right? Look at the precedent, Yeah. right? In this case, it wasn't federal judicial cases. It was suspensions, previous suspensions, suspensions. right? And previously the NFL has been very light on suspensions in this realm. The, the only thing been I nothing can, like this. The only thing I can remember that's like somewhat similar. Didn't Ben Roethlisberger get suspended for six games for something yes. like this? Something. Not, yes. not, not exactly what's happened, but like something in the realm. There of was a, yes. Sexual. There was misconduct. a single allegation. Yes. There was a single allegation, um, against him. Um, you know, obviously the f- infamous Ray Rice uh, suspension, resuspension kind of thing, um, where he famously got two games. So, you know, I think 
the NFL has previously mishandled these. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody uh, would say otherwise. These type of uh, off the field domestic uh, right. incidents, let's let's say for <laughs> lack of a better term. Um, and so the judge looked at these and said, OK, well, you know, he he violated this this personal conduct policy. And in the past, you have suspended this type of suspension for about six games. So I'm going to give him six games. Right. And they're like, they're shocked that somebody would like look at their history and give six games. Right. I, I think it's obviously to anybody impartial too too light, but based on the NFL's behavior in the past, it seems to this judge to be in line, you know, in yeah. line with precedent. So I think that's the problem here is that, that, when you appoint somebody who's a judge to look at these things in a serious, nonpartisan, non-biased way, and I don't think either you and I are, are nonpartisan in the way that a judge is yeah. at all, um, you're going to come out with something that matches what you've done before. Okay. And what you've done before is not enough. It's going to continue to not be enough. So to, to follow up on your point about like show trials or whatever you call it, kangaroo court, like, so what was the... What was even the point of this then? If if the NFL yes, could like you. The, so here's my question, and I don't know the CBA well enough. Could the ML or MLB? Uh, could the NFL PA have appealed on his behalf? Yes. I guess they could have, but it still would have gone I to Roger Goodell, right? Like uh, th- that's my reading okay. of it. Yes. So so yeah. what's the po- <laughs> what's the point of this this judge decide former judge deciding it at all? What is the point, Tim? That's my question. That, that, Why? It makes no sense. So, and then, and no now, sense. and now, there's a, you see it on social media, like, well, the NFLPA is gonna, you know, pull out all the skeletons if they appeal, and they, like, the NFL, then something like the, if the NFLPA sues, what are they gonna sue? It's, it's the, it's the contract. The, 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 the right. contract says that, as I understand it, that uh, Roger Goodell can, the NFL can appeal. And Goodell gets to be the final arbiter in this. What are they going to do? Right. He could. Right. He could say you're suspended for one quarter, or you're suspended for the rest of your life, and there's nothing the NFLPA can do. So, like all these, all these social media lawyers that are they're saying like, oh, the, the NFL owners better watch out. They'll subpoena their emails. Like, and if if something ever happened where that that did occur, yeah, the NFL owners would be in trouble there will be no contract violation had at all. Right. They can't take it to real court. They're taking <laughs> right. it to Goodell It, it court. is a contract like, that is protected legally. It, it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. So the, the whole thing they're, seems they're, bizarre. It seems like it's headed to a indefinite suspension to be almost like the Miles Garrett scenario where he was, indefinitely suspended will revisit later right that's where it seems like it's going to be headed and and again like the nfl owners uh may another scenario where everybody looks bad because yes the nfl nfl looks bad because it's a six game thing uh deshaun watson looks bad because he's a scumbag um and and then the browns look bad because they rigged his contract for him so he wouldn't suffer any financial uh setbacks from this yeah yeah i mean man 
Yeah. I mean, I've, and, I and not all of us sure. are going to still yeah. watch it week one. Yeah. Well, I mean, care. I think, yeah, we will watch. And, and um, that's why they don't. But, care. but I, I think that the, you know, you, you have pointed to this in, in other times is that the NFL does have some trouble. I, I mean, I think there's, there's no such thing as with, with sports leagues, you know, all news is not necessarily good news, right? Um, when you're in the headlines for something like yeah. this, instead of, you know, the Hall of Fame game or whatever, <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you'd you much rather be in the headlines for, you know, a, hall of, a great Hall of Fame speech or a great play in the preseason or whatever, like, or a store, a, a more positive story. Or even, or even like, a trade, yeah, like a contract or nonsense, a holdout, like whatever. Zach Wilson's, you know, whatever. Like yes. social, <laughs> social media, what that stuff. You'd rather that. Yeah. Rather that. And I, and I think, you know, all of this begs the question is like, if you could always just appeal to yourself, basically, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to take everything back to parenting, but this feels like, you know, you set, you ground your kid for a week and they say, well, I appeal. And you say, okay, well, according to our per- parental contract, you appeal to me and I uphold the verdict. Like, <laughs> but, why would you even try in the first place? Why even go to Sue Robinson? Even, yeah, even worse, it would be like you and your kids like hiring me to mediate, <laughs> right? And be like, well, you know, like your son left out the blocks last night. So uh, no Xbox for two weeks. And you're like, two weeks, it should be, Six months, I'm I'm appealing to myself, like yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but the absurdity like, of it. If you were the impartial arbitrator in my parental yeah. punishment, right? Let's let's extend this metaphor out even more. Like wh- my son would be arguing to you his best argument, but why would I give a good argument if I knew it's always just going to come back to and- me and I'm going to say six months? You know. The- only thing like, I can think of is because at the end of the day, you'd be able to be like, well, see, the impartial person agreed with me. So. But if the impartial person doesn't agree, then it just goes back to them <laughs> anyway. Like they can just say, you know what? Doesn't matter. Like the lawyer goes out there and just sits and twiddles their thumb for a thousand dollars an hour. And then, you know, the judge sides with the player and then they just appeal. You know, yeah. like I feel like there's so it it just makes no Meanwhile, sense. Meanwhile, it's Sue, like Sue Robinson's got the best job in the world because she sits there, makes them. No, all right, sure, do whatever you want. Like, I mean, she probably got a pretty good rate on her time too. She man. spent a lot of time on that. And and if I were Sue Robinson, I might be mad too. I spent three months of my life on this, and then you just go say no, and then Roger Goodell says indefinite instead. Like, you know, like. What did I even do this for? I guess you're cashing the checks in at your, you know, beach house in Rehoboth, Delaware. But, you know, I, I think <laughs> at some point you're kind of like, well, why? What's the point of all this? Um, so I guess what is the point of all this, Tim? No, that, and we're still we've been talking about it for, what, 10, 15 minutes. And we still have no idea. Yeah. Still, still not. I haven't figured it out. However, let's talk about another another punishment that was handed down. This, this one, one was just as much. No sense. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL has been in bonker balls world for the last yeah. three days. Yeah. So this one's another Calvin ball. Uh, oh. not, not even suspended. Well, there is a suspension involved. Yeah. So what does it, what does NFL... it even mean? So an yeah. owner is suspended? Like what? what? So, so they can't sit in the yeah. suite? 
or, yeah. or the do they not make money off these games? Like, what does it mean for an owner to be suspended? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The the money part is not suspended. I guess they can't show up in the building. Okay. They, I don't know. And, Can they not go on Zoom? What, I don't know. October. Yeah. A month. Essentially, right. a month and a, six weeks. It's a month and a half. Right. It's still like Columbus Day. Ah. Oh. So. Yeah, so let, let, let's recycle this because I, I love where our outrage is going. Oh, it's, just, um, it's so, so ridiculous. Yeah, so the NFL uh, punished the Dolphins yes. this week for quote-unquote unprecedented tampering um, that we had were hinted about with um, the Brian Flores the lawsuit, uh, yes. lawsuit um, where – we speculated that it was Tom Brady, and it was in fact Tom Brady, where the owner, Stephen Ross, and I believe multiple um, executives tampered with Tom Brady while he was with the Patriots. While he was with Tampa Bay, they tried to get him to come to the Dolphins. Um, this is who we speculated that this was about, and it's actually quite funny that it was um, correct. And they also tampered on Sean Payton, who right. I believe we also speculated. Yes. Um, who, while he was the coach of um, the New Orleans Saints, and Sean Payton decided to retire and do TV instead, probably after this came out. I believe that was pretty much right after it came out. So um, they also lost their first round pick uh, yes. in 2023 and a second round, have, a third round pick in 2020. Pretty sure they have two first round picks, by the way. Okay, yeah. So they lost one of them. They they lost one of them. Who knows which one it is, but probably depends on where the standings uh, end. Um, right. So yes, and suspended the owner through October seventeenth and fined him one point five million dollars. And Ross is off of committees under the NFL, yep. uh, you know, ownership structure. So I mean, <sighs> where do you want to begin? Way to start here. Yeah, where do we start here? Um, well, I guess. Also, uh, there's a tanking part of it, yeah. which I actually found kind of more ridiculous, if that makes any sense. So, you know, Brian Flores alleged that the owner offered to pay him $100,000 per loss so that they could have a better draft pick and more likely to get a quarterback, in this case, to a tug of Viola, who they ended up getting anyway. Um, so they... They looked into it. The NFL investigators looked into it. And I found the quote because I found it patently ridiculous. They they found differing recollections about wording, timing, and context. So basically, their, their, uh, their defense, the Dolphins' defense was like, oh, yeah, he said that, but it was like a joke or whatever. Yeah, but he didn't you know? mean it. Like, yeah. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. It was just joking to the coach to tell him to lose games and give him a hundred grand every time he lost a game. And like, (laughs) so they didn't, didn't really punish him for that. But I found that funny that the NFL kind of bought that. Well, Uh, did they buy it or is that the, is that the cover up in this whole thing? Is the, oh okay? You're talking about that they they wanted to minimize the integrity of the game. Right. Stuff. Again, go back to the point we made before, which is Good if, point. if it if it's a problem with the integrity of the game, the NFL takes it very seriously because they know how much gambling on their game is now a part of their their revenue. They're a partner with DraftKings and all the right. They're in bed with all these guys. So that that's the part that gets like ah yeah. 
everyone had different memories or whatever that means. Um, and it's the it's the tampering that gets cited for the suspension and fine. Right. So, so the focus and punishment is on the off field stuff, not the integrity of the game stuff. I think that's an excellent point, Tim. Um, So interesting point to me also in this is that um, Tom Brady doesn't get a punishment. Presumably he picked up the phone multiple times. It takes two sides to, it takes two people to tamper, right? Like he, it, he wasn't just like at a restaurant and they were talking to him and he wasn't paying attention he to went them. To the presumably, yacht, didn't he? Yeah, presume. Uh, yeah, yeah. All of these meetings and, huh. and conversations that he had were, you know, over two multiple years, multiple teams, all with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady doesn't, uh, you know, somehow escapes this. Um, yeah, you know punishment um you know not that i necessarily know that what he did or whatever he did was against against the rules but you know i think the owner talking with your agent and also you know direct contact with with tom brady like it seems like you know it takes two to tango there and one side's getting punished here and it's the it's the dolphins in kind of a ridiculous way right and then so he doesn't get he doesn't get popped the owner has to watch from his mansion as opposed to the luxury box uh and they lose a first round draft pick and they had one anyway it sounds like a big uh, a big nfl nothing burger if you ask like let, let, right. let's I, give the pretense yeah. of of giving these guys a punishment but not really Right. I think it has the look of a bad punishment if you look at it like from the lens of all of this stuff. But when you, as you did, just did boil down all this stuff, it's like, well, maybe it's not that much. And this goes in line also with the NFL punishing or not punishing its ownership. Own. It's, yeah. You know, the own ownerships, right? The, the, the members of the club, right? Um, the Washington commanders were, were, found to have a you know very terrible organization that harassed and insulted and abused the the workers there mostly women right and they were fined 10 million dollars uh nothing happened to daniel snyder right no draft picks nothing 10 million dollars to daniel snyder is like you know dinner money um so i I think this one is you know less money in 1.5 million which is you know a lot to normal people but not to not to anybody right. that's an NFL owner. I don't know, man. It's uh the NFL had an odd week. Yeah. This one this one is this one is weird too. And the timing was very weird too because it was like the day after that during MLB trade deadline they they announced this. They um, dump this out yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, just very weird timing. All right. So let's let's enough of this off the field yeah. talk. Let's talk about let's go to the field. On the field talk. Let's go to the field. Let's put it on the field. All right. So we've got two. We're going to try to preview two divisions each episode uh, as we as we uh, roll up into week one here. So um, I arbitrarily suggested the AFC and NFC East to start with. We'll start east to west or east to north, south, west, whatever. Um, So I'll give you the I'll give you 
your choice, uh, AFC or NFC? East? Uh, let's do first. NFC. All right, NFC East. So we've got the Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and Giants. So if we look at our odds here, um, the Cowboys are plus 135-ish to win the division um, at DraftKings, and the Philadelphia Eagles are plus 185, plus 165 at FanDuel and DraftKings. So just, just a little bit behind them. Then the Commanders at plus 500 and the Giants at plus 700 or 800, depending on where you look. That's how the odds look. Um, Tim, do you, wherever you want to start in this division. So on those odds, I think the Washington commanders, there's probably a lot of value there. They, uh, I think they have, I think they've got a shot. Um, so the Cowboys, certainly they've got their quarterback, they've got their running back. They, you know, despite what we said last year was, uh, was their dysfunction seemingly was their dysfunction from the coach on down or like in, inability to communicate? Um, they seem to, they're the cream of the crop here. I, I'm not buying uh, Daniel Jones with the Giants. I, I think they're going to run out the clock on him uh, essentially this year. Um, and I don't buy um, uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Um, the Alabama quarterback there, Jalen Hurts, um, with the Eagles just yet. So I think the commanders have the defense, um, and they have, uh, they've got the weapons, uh, especially at the wide receiver, um, uh, position to, uh, to make some noise. And if, if there was a, a team outside the, the Cowboys that could give them a run, it's, I think it's Washington. Yeah, uh, you know, we always we liked Washington last year um, with Fitzpatrick. Obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, the thing that that I struggle with a little bit with with Washington is uh, Carson Wentz, right? Yeah. So they went out and got Carson Wentz, and he will probably win them some games, but he will definitely also lose them right. some games as well. Um, last year, seven and ten, their win total. In Vegas this year is eight. I'm, I um, think that's that, an over. Yeah, yeah. You think it's an over eight? Um, let's just we'll won't do this for every team because we don't have enough time. But just looking at um, the schedule, the NFC East has the NFC North and the AFC South. No, if I'm looking at that right, yes, Texans. Yeah, Titans. Yeah. So. Um, or am I not calculating it right? No, I think you... I NFC, they definitely have the NFC North. Okay. Um, so the the commanders are are looking at um, a, a pretty easy schedule as far as schedules are concerned. They're, they're fourth easiest schedule, whereas they're... Because they're coming from a, a third place schedule, whereas the Giants in their fourth place schedule have the third easiest schedule in the league. So... I think both of those teams have a chance to jump up. Cowboys obviously had a first place schedule and the Eagles end up with the easiest schedule in the league. So um, I'm a little bit more of an Eagles believer than you are. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, uh, the sleeper team, maybe not to win the division, but to make the playoffs is the Giants. Nah. Uh, I, I don't believe in Jones, but you know what? I think there is some, as we've seen, value in running a quarterback. Daniel Jones, we know, can run. I don't think that they're going to have any qualms about running him. 
Right, you know, so he's a see... fourth-year player. He doesn't have fifth-year options, so what do they care? Yeah, just, yeah, just, just run him as, you know, if he gets pounded into the ground, he gets pounded into the ground. You've seen Dable, the new, the new head coach, when he was with um, Buffalo, kind of hold Josh Allen back a little bit, not do any as many design runs until they really, really needed it. Um, so I think that's something to look out for. And honestly, like the Giants were coached by one of the worst coaching staffs I've ever seen last year yeah and they can only really get better than that I, and they had they added um Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal two of the top you know five players in the draft so I I think and a lot of people like Wandale Robinson so I think their offense has has um nowhere to go but up obviously because they were pretty much terrible right? right EPA per play EPA per play is is one of the the metrics that a lot of um, people are using now. So that's expected points added per play. Um, so basically like how much better is your chance of scoring than it was the previous play? Yeah. They were last, last, last in the league. So, you know, 31st in, in their, their passing EPA. So anytime they drop the back, they're probably going to not be very successful. So, you know, giants to me, maybe not to win the division, but a plus 800 mm, tempting, but I think that's, not quite enough for me to. Yeah, that's to a go long. That. That's a long shot for, a, for yeah. a team that could be looking to reset at the quarterback position too. Yeah, not could be. Yeah, they think, are looking to reset. Yeah. yeah, I think I don't think Daniel Jones is long for there, but they could definitely use him in a way that would allow them to to win games in the short term, which I think they're going to try to do. Um, they're not going to try to tank this one. Agreed. Um, I I like the Cowboys, but again, they're going to feature. They want to feature Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, which I think is a mistake. And they already have some injuries going. And I think their defense last year, although, you know, was one of the best, I think there was some. uh, So they were the first in turnover EPA. So their turnovers gave them the most points kind of uh points expected points added so they were the most beneficial of anybody in the league right we saw all the Trayvon Diggs pick sixes right yeah I think he's more likely to get burnt on a on a stop and go than to to return a pick six this year and I think that will regress a little bit obviously they do have talent there um you know I honestly I think I'm gonna go with the Eagles I believe I I maybe foolishly believe in Jalen Hurts I love AJ Brown Devonta Smith, I really like. I think they added a lot of talent to that defense. In, a, in another player that I like in Jordan Davis, um, and I also like Nicobe Dean at linebacker, who they got as a steal in the third round. Right. So I think I think there's some improving talent there. I don't know about Sirianni really as a coach, but you know we'll see. They're they you know they were a, a um, pretty big rushing team when they had to be, and they were a pretty big throwing team when they had to be. So they had had did it last year, but if the defense improves to, you know, a little bit better than that, than they were, uh, I think that they'll be in a good shape. So um, anything else on the East, I guess the Cowboys, Commanders, Giants. Yeah, I guess. We talked about each of them. Um, no, I, I think we, I think we covered that. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's let's flip over to the AFC East. Yes. We've got the Dolphin, the Dolphins, the, the heretofore mentioned Dolphins, the Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, and your New York Jets. Let's go. So 
looking at the odds, the Bills are minus 200-ish to win. The, the Dolphins are plus 450. Patriots plus 500. New York Jets plus 2400. So the longest of longest shots to win the division. What do you think about this one? Start wherever you like. I don't think the Jets are going to win the division, but I think that's a better, <laughs> way better bet than... Uh, than the Giants. Yeah, um, they're much better. I mean, I think, you know, what, I, both of them feel about the same to win the division. I don't know where this exists, but for the Jets to finish second, I think is not entirely out of the question. I don't believe in Tua at all. Um, I guess we'll see what, uh, what is his name? Mike uh, McDaniel. McDaniel is made of in terms of his offensive uh, genius like can he turn can can he uh can he turn you know coal into gold here is he is he an alchemist i guess um right um, i mean they they also got Tyree Kill who's yeah. you know I, I know that you don't necessarily think the world of Tyree Kill but uh, certainly adding a, a player of that caliber to their offense is going to cause defenses some problems we we will sure. certainly find out who the who does Patrick Mahomes make those guys better, or is it those guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Uh, well, I, I I don't know. I I think the the problem is in the quarterback there, and and yeah. I don't know that you're going to be able to turn that one into something yeah. that mean, it isn't. Tyreek Hill has a podcast, just like lots of just normal like we people, do, like us, just like we yeah. do. And but he he found the, the he. He, he decided that it was the most important thing for him to go on his podcast and talk about how Tua is better than Mahomes. All of this stuff, like just kind of like decided unprompted like, to dude, pump him come up. Come on, man. Like I, and, I, I, mean, I guess I, I appreciate yeah. that. In ter- yeah, you got your quarterbacks back, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a, a little bit like me thinks he doth protest too much. Yes, yeah, yes. In the opposite direction, you know? So I, I don't I don't know about them. And then, man, what is happening with the Patriots? Uh, uh, they don't have an offensive coordinator. They, they, you just called the Giants coaching staff the worst you've ever seen. And that guy is playing a major role in the New England Patriots now. Joe Judge. Right. What is going yeah. on there? And uh, what's his name? Bearded guy with the pencil who uh, couldn't, couldn't, manages a game for Detroit. Who am I, what's his name? Um, uh, I know who you're talking he's about. He's the I can offensive play caller. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Talk about like everybody in the league is, is getting, is trying to get their young quarterback, like the help they need. If like, I mean, like if, if it's somebody that, that like, sniffed Andy Reid's cheeseburger one time. Like, oh, we should get him in to like to uh to to work with our quarterback, you know, like and then um why I, I still can't think of his name. Um Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia is that guy is calling the plays for the Patriots. What is yeah I don't so, I don't have a lot of faith in that. Is this like so is this like Bill? Here's my question for you: Is this like Bill Belichick hubris? Like I can do whatever I want to do, and I will win, and like overconfident, um, or 
is he just that much smarter than everybody? Like, what is going on? It doesn't make it doesn't seem to make sense. And they're not bringing anybody in either. It's not like they're they're going to go find an offensive coordinator in the next th- four months to come in and teach an offense at this stage. Like, they're this is what they're doing. Yeah, and I mean, they, they made a couple of you know, um, they made one very odd uh, trade where they traded a, a guard for basically nothing. Um, Shaq Mason, I believe. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, uh, we talked about him a lot last year. I think we, um, and I don't know if they've gotten better to be perfectly honest. Their draft was a little bit, they, yeah, they, they picked a strange attack. Strange. Speaking of cold, strange, they strange, yeah. they picked cold, strange in the first round, um, which had the, the Rams laughing at their, yeah. at their draft, you know, yeah, a lot of strange. <laughs> so I didn't mean that, and neither did you. I don't. Yeah. Think, like a lot of weird stuff in New England right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think, and you know, I'm not going to try to get it inside of Bill Belichick's head. I think he's smarter and knows more about football, or has forgotten more about football than I know. But you know, when you are the only person, right? He's kind of like everybody else is left. Tom Brady was a rival to his power. Josh McDaniels, you know, I think had some power there. Um, Robert Kraft basically says, Hey man, you're in charge, like whatever you want to do. And it's basically like, all right, well, I'll, I'll do it. Right. You know, uh, all these guys are not smart enough. Like I'll do it. So I think there is some hubris a little bit to it, but I also think is like when you have all the power and you're used to having all the power, why would you give away some of the power? Because you could just do it yourself, you know? I, th- I think that comes to some of these places where there's one single person that is in charge of everything, right? It's not just a ladder where everybody has their jobs. It's just, you know, Belichick over everything. And, you know, maybe we'll be wrong and they'll go, um, you know, better than last year. They were 10 and seven last year. Um, but, you know, they have the 28th hardest schedule and this is the Patriots. And, um, you know, I just don't, I just don't see it. Let's. This is what this is their end from from week twelve on. They go Vikings, uh, Bills, Cardinals. You know, end of the season Cardinals. Your your uh, yeah your mileage may vary there, but the Raiders, who are a good team, Bengals, Miami, who they always have trouble with at the end of the year, and Buffalo. Right. That's a, a you know a backloaded schedule. The one um, win there probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe one win, maybe two wins if, if Buffalo has already sewed up uh, the division and on the playoffs in Week 18. So I think it's it's a uh, a schedule that looks that looks rough for them because their cupcakes. No offense to to your team, the Jets are are in the middle. The Bears are in the middle. Um, even Detroit, who, who's an easier piece on their schedule, is not going to go down go down easily. So. I think the eight and a half. So their 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 win total number is eight and a half. So that's and telling you a lot right there. Yeah, already right. They're not at ten. They're not at ten and a half. Right, they're at eight and a half uh, at Vegas. So you know, some people that know a lot are already saying it doesn't seem likely that they're going to get to ten wins again this year. So I yeah, I see. I could easily see seven and ten no playoffs for yep, this team. Absolutely. Yep, the twenty eighth hardest schedule. They, last year they had the ninth easiest schedule. So, you know, it, these things can change a little bit during the year. But you know, I think some teams are 
are going to be good no matter what, or at least a tough game no matter what. Um, and if you don't have a, a a super team, right, you're you're gonna you can struggle with those. So enough about the Patriots. We talked about the Dolphins a little bit with uh, Tyree Kill. I mean, how often is um, Tyree Kill going to be wide open down the field waiting on a to on a, a uh, to a duck bomb I don't, to the I don't end? Know. You know, how far back is he going to have to go to get those to a ducks? Um, you know, the Jets. I, I think we we obviously liked what they did in the draft. I think they are reliant on Zach Wilson. They have a tough schedule. Yep, comes this right out of the of, gate. Tough, yeah. It comes right out of the gate tough with, you know, Ravens, Browns without without Watson Sean, one way or yeah. another. Um, should still be a a, a good team. Uh, Bengals, Steelers, Miami, Green Bay, Denver with Russell Wilson, Patriots, Bills, Patriots, and then they don't get to really an easier team until. Uh, the bears at week 12. So they have a tough schedule. It's kind of a make or break season for um, Zach Wilson. Yep. They were, you know, he was one of the worst quarterbacks by EPA um, per play. Their defense was one of the worst is the worst. Yeah. They were terrible. Um, EPA by play worst team against the pass. So, um, you know, you would hope with that with additional talent, like Ahmad Gardner, Jermaine Johnson, they could do right. something. Um, Picked up DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead too to solidify the other corner spot, mm-hmm. um, and and the safety position. So, you know, you you assume that that gets better. They they pick up Jermaine Johnson in the draft, who a lot of people were saying was a top ten talent. They got later on. They get Carl Lawson back from uh, from his injury. And don't forget, they still have uh, who's one of the more underrated. I think one of the more underrated defensive linemen in Quinnen Williams, uh, who they had as a I think the third overall draft out of Alabama four years ago. So yeah. that should that should be an improved defense. Oh, and they just signed Quan Alexander, I guess, uh, a couple days ago. So okay. yeah. um, should be should be a much improved defense from where they were last year. Um, offensively, I think there's an argument to be made that they've got the, the, the best offensive weapons in the division in, um, you know, Corey Davis isn't, isn't the, the flashiest of players, but he's a, he's a solid wide receiver one followed by Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. And then, no one seemed to be able to cover Braxton Berrios last year. Um, you know, so I, I, and then throw in Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Those are, that's a solid offensive skill position core. You're right. As long as the quarterback can feed them the football without throwing it at their feet or throwing it to the other team, which could be a tough task. Um, for, for Zach Wilson, um, they've, oh, and the tight ends forgot, you know, Uzama and Conklin, that's a, that's a legit offense. Um, Zach Wilson's the only one that has to now step up and play. Right. I mean, I think when we talk about building a team, that's what you, how you want to build a team. They're they're doing all the right quarterback that you believe in. And then you want to surround him by with talent so that he can, play well and then you can see whether or not he is the guy that you want to keep around 
Zach Wilson, for better or worse, this is the way it is. He's going to have this year and next year to prove himself. If he doesn't, he's off going to play backup quarterback somewhere. Yep. Um, if he does, he is a hero in New York and, you know, we'll, yeah, they'll go we'll never and seven and make the playoffs yeah. and who knows. Right. Yeah. So their, their win total, the Jets is at five and a half after four and 13 last year. Very tough schedule. Um, you know, one thing I, in their favor, just looking at some statistics here is that they in fumble, fumble recoveries, they were 30th in the league last year. So they couldn't recover a fumble to save their life. Um, also worst injury luck. Um, so they had, you know, not only injury, not only bad injuries, but bad luck on their injuries yeah. as well. So, um, and surprisingly enough, opponents kicked 92% of their field goals against them. So that's 29th in the league last year. So whatever wind was supposed to be swirling at MetLife was not swirling. Um, so like, for example, the new England Patriots, other teams kicked only 67% of their field goals against them. That's insane. Uh, so that's 30% difference. Like how many points is that over the year? That's huge. That's a, that's a lot of um, points. Yeah. I, I assume so, that's because teams got a little closer with the jets. I think, uh, last uh, year, okay. perhaps could be, could the be average could field be, goal but, length might've been, yeah. <laughs> might've been I, I don't have access to that stat, but I would assume that the, all of those things should regress a little bit and give the, give the jets a little bit more. I think six wins is, is definitely possible. I, Am I talking myself into over five and I a half think, on the I jets? think that's an easy okay. overplay. Here's, here's what I'll say. I don't remember who it was. Uh, one of the, I think it was one of the beat writers uh, that follows them, like went through and, watched i don't know like every offensive play that zach wilson had and it was like it's not it's not the play calling uh michael floor seems to know seems to know what he's doing there uh is putting putting everybody in the right position um but zach wilson struggled especially early on in the year apparently toward from again I, i don't remember which beat reporter it was Later in the year, he I think over the last four games, he had like five five touchdowns, no interceptions or something like that. So whatever, whether it was more cautious or he just grew or I don't know, something, he, maybe he developed and we'll see continuance of that. But, you know, as a as a somebody that's watched the Jets now, like that that story gets old. They were saying that about Sam Darnold, you know, after his first year and. Uh, Geno Smith before that and Mark Sanchez before that. So like I, I you want to, this is the time to be optimistic at this point of the season. Um, I think over six games is very real. I think them finishing second in the division is very real. Um, whether, you know, am I going to put that in the Brinks truck? Uh, not quite, not yet. Yeah, and so over five and a half wins, I just looked it up, is minus 175, so it's heavily juiced. Lots of people already going on that over. Um, <laughs> Some, somebody so. said they, they've got, like, people are betting them. After all that Zach Wilson story came out, like the, the bets for them to win the Super Bowl or something, like, came in at ridiculous numbers. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, why not? You, you know, you got to put a reason behind any of your bets, so you might as well put a, put a, uh, a story about a player's off field, uh, you know, consensual shenanigans, shall we so say? Let me, uh, ask, let me ask you this question. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't, I don't follow enough like NFL teams nationally to know the answer to this. Do all play like you just talked about 
um, Tyreek Hill talking up uh, Tua, saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Um, all these guys on the Jets from, you know, CJ Uzama, who literally just experienced a year two leap from, from a rookie quarterback to a second year quarterback in Joe Burrow is saying this guy has it all. He, he is capable of making every throw. He's a leader. You know, do, do all teams talk up their QB like that? Like, I don't, I feel like I should hear it more here about Mac Jones. I don't know that I do. Like, are, 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 are Giants wide receivers saying that and, and skill position players saying that about Daniel Jones? Like, what is it? I, I don't know if I'm articulating the question very well. Like, yeah. to, to what extent, I guess I'm asking is you hear CJ Uzama say this stuff. You hear Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson say these things, how great he is. Is that all smoke or to what extent is that smoke and they're just like supporting their guy or is it real? I think there's some, yeah, it's a great question. And I, I understand your question. Because some clearly. guys don't get yeah. spoken like that. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. Like, and yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're, I think you're right. It's, it's both sides of the, of the question to answer your question with a, with a both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, these guys get answered a lot of questions during training camp. And I think there's a lot of positive vibes during training camp in most places um, where, you know, and I think these guys are familiar enough with NFL kind of cadences where they know, Hey, well, this guy needs to be kind of uh, talked up. And I think guys like that will get questions. Oh, like, Hey, you're new. How is it working with Zach Wilson? Is he going to, you know, like, whereas if you went to, I don't know, Minnesota, like, are they going to say, hey, how's it working with Kirk Cousins? Like, is he living up to the hype? You know, all those kind of things. I think there's um, one side of it is like, yes, people talk positively about their quarterbacks. Two, yes, you're right that we don't we haven't heard Daniel Jones smoke coming out. Right. We haven't heard uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield smoke coming out. Like really, Kyler about Murray, how- right. Like, yeah. where's that one? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I it, to me that's encouraging that like your starting tight end shows up to camp wearing a Zach Wilson time person of the year t-shirt. Like one, it's hilarious. Two, like it shows all right, maybe like maybe there's something here. I I don't know that that's happening for Mac Jones for uh for sadly Justin Fields or some of these other guys that right. are young. Right quarterbacks in the league right and, and i think you're right and i and i you know as i talk about a lot is football is a game of emotion like if you believe in your quarterback like i think you're going to play harder you're going to go up harder for that ball and you're going to go for that 50 50 ball and try to take it away you know i think that is you know uh, uh, almost a, a sign of leadership from from a quarterback you know and maybe Tua, you know has that leadership too where Tyreek wants to talk him up you know yeah. and maybe Tua, by all accounts seems like a great person um but, you know, I think you see that in kind of the th- in between the lines things that you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas you don't in other places where the quarterbacks are under equal amount of pressure. Right. Um, you know, Justin Fields is not having the team us against the world kind of thing or, um, 
you know, obviously they're in a much worse position. I don't actually know that they Jets. have any wide receivers on that team, actually. I like... <laughs> uh, Daryl Mooney. Daryl okay. Mooney. Aquamius St. Brown. Uh, Byron Pringle. Oh, Pringle. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, recently going through depth charts, looking, yes. at, uh, looking at who's got it, what for the season. Oh, so man. that's the only reason that I know this. All right. All right. We well, will talk about them when we get let to me, them. Let me we'll ask you one, yeah. one question about these. Let's let's do this for each uh for each division. Give me give me the yep. order of finish for the AFC Ooh, the NFC East and the AFC East. We I'm gonna go check back in December, January, see how okay. we did. Okay. Well then that means I need to write this yeah. down. So what you're saying is I need to write We got it, we gotta put it okay. down. Okay. So I will go Eagles. Uh, Cowboys. Okay. Giants. Commanders. Wow. And Eagles make the playoffs. Eagles and Cowboys make the playoffs. Eagles, Cowboys make the playoffs. Okay. I will go Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Giants. Um, And I will say, ooh. uh, Yeah, sure. Commanders make the playoffs. And I, I um, okay, so uh, Cowboys Commander C and C. All right, I, I definitely am not going to keep um, count of who we have in the playoffs. Yeah, so and that could change. Mine after may we add make up our, to <laughs> make our other division picks. So yeah, all right. So to so the AFC East, let's take a look. I'm going to go with um, the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think the chalk there. I think I'm just going to go chalk here. Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I will go Bills. Yeah, I, I yeah, sure. Bills, Jets, uh, Patriots, Dolphins. Okay. And maybe like one game separates those three teams. Wow. Something okay. Like so like a little bit of a lot, a lot of I like think, six and I, eleven, I seven and tens. Yeah. I think it's quite possible that the Bills. Um, are not nearly as good record-wise as last year, but maybe a better playoff team. I, they definitely ha- were a little soft, and we talked about it last year, a little soft around the edges. In their early season schedule was very, very easy last year. And I, I think they didn't have much to play for at the end. Uh, they played well, obviously, a couple of very exciting games in the playoffs. But there is some possibility that they, they regress a little bit. Their win total, if I didn't put my papers away is 11 and a half. Um, they were 11 Ooh. last year. So they do have about middle of the pack. Um, 12 and five schedule 18th uh, hardest. So about the middle. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That would, that would require a 12 and five to go over. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, but then 11 they, and they are six, hanging. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That, that one's a tough one. So I, I think they, they probably don't improve necessarily their schedule. Um, they may not quite play as well and also maybe take it a, a little bit easier on, on this yeah. long seven. And that's something to look out for is that with the longer schedule, our team's kind of planning a uh, planning a mini buy in there and just kind of saying, you know what, man, we're not going to, not going to um, put our best game plan in for this one week 12 against the Chicago bears. Oh, that's the Jets. We, yeah, the Jets right. have week 12 against the Chicago Bears. But, you know, um, the Bills against the Chicago Bears, and they're not going to, you know, pull. They did lose to Jacksonville last year. So I think that's quite possible for some of these teams this year. Yeah, so, a little regression in the mean. All right. I, I don't, I don't yeah. mind it. All right. 
so that wraps up our previews. We're at 90 minutes. Woo. Are we at 90 minutes? No. No, 75. Uh, 75. No, 75. 75. I can't do addition. That's okay. I can't got you. All right. So lots to talk about today. We got through it all. We did it. All right, Tim. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? All right. I am looking. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it, but I'm I'm watching, I guess, the court system. Uh, see what this lawsuit that some of these golfers that hopped over to live is what's going to happen with their anti their they're seeking. Um, so it's Bryson DeChambeau, um, Phil Mickelson. I saw Taylor Gooch is involved. They're seeking a an injunction, I think, um, that would allow them to participate in the FedEx playoffs, which we on this show have said is not really a real playoff, but. Uh, they're they're seeking to play in that anyway, um, and the and the tour has banned banned them from from doing so. So um, I don't know when that would come down. It seems like if they're seeking an injunction, it would need to be in the next couple of weeks because I think those start um, not this weekend, I think, but the next weekend. So um, in the business of sports, this is interesting, and I I think we're both kind of interested in how this is going to play out. Um, so I, I'm very, very interested to see how the courts are going to handle this. Okay. All right. Keep your, try, keep try your and court put that one in clear. an outro. <laughs> yeah. Keep your, keep your, keep your court docket clear. Uh, make sure you have, you refresh your, uh, all the pages that you look for, for your, your court information, get your online MBA yep. and your online law degree ready to go. So you can post on Twitter and make sure. Everybody knows that you understand the law better the, than them. The best, the best lawyers are the Twitter lawyers. That's right. Exactly. All right. So keep your eyes glued to this antitrust PGA loss. Yeah. And keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. Um, All right. So the, Car- the Cardinals got uh, rained out. What are we watching tonight? I, I have had on the, uh, the Brewers Pirates. The Pirates just tied it up. Um, Four four. So, um, yeah. so who who is closing for the Brewers now? I mean, I guess it would be Devin Williams, right? That would be the next in line guy. Uh, but they also got Taylor Rogers back from yeah from San Diego as well, so he could possibly close for them. Well, Matt Matt yeah. Bush came in promptly. Gave a lead, so that's cool. Well, as long as they keep, as long as they start losing. Um, yeah, that'd be that would be nice. It'd be nice if the Cardinals could make the playoffs.